Got a breaking story here this morning, Keith, with uh, what's going on at Sinclair. Rumors aside, Odyssey is probably not going to be buying the Media Insultant podcast. And a remembrance for a real Northwest media icon. I'm going to hand that part of the program over to you. We've got opinions and all kinds of thoughts on these kind of topics and so much more. I'm Jackson Weaver, and I share my opinions with my co-host Keith Samuels down in Southern California. So let's get rolling for Tuesday, October 19th. Welcome to Media Insultant. Well, as we get into fall, it looks like not even Sinclair is immune from somebody hijacking their tech services. Uh, This morning, Adam Jacobson at RBR is reporting that Sinclair has lost a couple of TV stations to hackers. Mm -hmm. And I know here in Seattle, the radio stations are all running on backup systems and backup programming. So kind of an interesting evaluation. I'm kind of watching to see what's going to happen. Keith, is anybody ever going to be immune from this? What Are we just going to have to live with this going forward? Well, it sure seems like it. The good news is that Media Insultant is immune to this. That is unless uh, Odyssey pays $45 million for us, and then, then, then we have cash to go for. But it's kind of like the, the uh, hack of the month club, right? I mean, it's, you know, it started out with Intercom slash Odyssey back last fall, and now we've, you know, we've gone a year later and we've seen these other companies get hacked. I didn't realize it was so easy to do. And <laughs> we would have been doing that instead of these dumb podcasts. Yeah, exactly. I can make a lot more money being a hacker than a, than a hack, <laughs> uh, a media hack. But these guys all brag about their tech stacks, right? They've all got their all you know, inter- fully integrated. And they've got their you know, really hot stuff tech stack, except when somebody hacks their tech stack and then they don't have anything going. Uh, it makes it really tough. So, you know, la- what was it last month? Uh, what was it, Marketron that got hacked? So all the stations couldn't run their spots and do their logs and everything else. Now they're going after another station group. It's just a, it's just crazy how susceptible we seem to be to this stuff. Well, and my theory, though I don't know this, is that the hackers have just attacked a couple of stations, one in upstate New York, uh, Portland, the Seattle station. So they've attacked. They haven't got. They didn't seem to affect the TV station at this point. But my theory on this is if I was the hacker, my tactic would be calling Sinclair and saying, okay, we've gotten into these stations, pay us, or we're going to take down the rest of the stations. And, you know, then they don't have to even do that work. They just have to take out a couple of stations and say we can do all the rest if if you're not going to pay. It'll be real interesting to watch and see what happens. I feel terrible for them because this costs them not only a lot of money, in terms of any kind of payoff they have to come up with, but also all of that, you know, all that ad inventory that they're not going to be able to run. And for the poor people at Lotus who just bought Como Radio and closed on it, but haven't apparently moved into the new studios, they got caught up in the whole thing too. So, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, let's see. Maybe the guys in L.A. don't know yet. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll keep the it Calvinsons, the, the Calvinsons up on Barham Boulevard here uh, in Universal City haven't heard yet. So, shh, you know, it's okay. Yeah, well, I'm sure there. they're watching Media Insultant. They'll know about it by now. Yeah, they better be. You know, we are putting together a couple of special editions coming up, and I just yeah. wanted to promote that, you know, we don't typically do interviews, but Ron Stone joins us Thursday this week, the 21st, for an interesting IBA update, and he's got some real interesting cash news for members, for some of the members, 
that could end up with a hunk of extra cash. So be sure to join us for that. It's this Thursday and will be posted indefinitely on Vimeo. Vimeo, I always got Venmo and Vimeo backwards. No wonder I never get any money. I send it all to <laughs> Vimeo. <laughs> But, uh, well, and I think the other the other thing that uh, we ask Ron about, which makes this uh, uh, particularly uh, timely, is the, some of this legislation that's uh, trying to get its way through Congress about uh, tax credits and you know special uh, you know allowances for uh, local broadcasters, newspapers, and television stations as it relates to uh, you know news employees and and advertising credits for local businesses. So uh, Ron's really up to speed on that. Gave us a great education on some of that that's going forward and so it's another 20 minutes with ron that's time well spent yeah exactly well, it's not even 20 we're down to about 12 it's just a segment of our oh, of our thursday show you know it, it's got a lot of good information hope anybody would uh, join it and and learn about some of the things going on at, at iba you got your cowboy boots on today you got your western shirt and my understanding is your cowboy hats next there we go wait let me let me uh, do a little wardrobe change here I suppose we have to edit this out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, here's my uh, my old KMPS Letterman's jacket, and you can see the back. I've got the old station logo on here. Yeah, ninety-four yep. country KMPS. Because my heroes have always been cowgirls, Jackson, and there was no bigger, better, more bodacious cowgirl in the history of country radio than Kay Spilker at KMPS. And I'm sad to report that last week Kay passed away after a, a battle with some uh, lung disease. She was living in San Diego in retirement. She not only was one of the greatest radio salespeople in the history of Seattle back in the 70s and 80s, but she was also the man, a sales manager at KMPS when um, the general manager of the station at the time, Jim McGovern, walked in and said, Kay, now that you're the sales manager, there's a guy I want you to hire, or at least interview, make it your choice, but... It's this guy down in L.A. And so I had a phone interview with Kay, never met her, and it didn't go well. And a coach, the guy who was helping me with the job search, Bruce Pollock. Yeah. You know, love love Brucey. He's down in Longview, Kelso these days. But Brucey was the Eastman rep in Seattle, and they repped KMPS nationally. Brucey calls me, and he says, you know, you didn't do very good. You know, I go, what? Come on, I killed it. He goes, no, you didn't kill it. You need to call her back. You need to send some flowers. You need to do a little bit of, you need to give, you need to show Kay a little bit of love. Show a little love, yeah. <clears throat> and so, you know, I'm this guy out of, I'm wearing Brooks Brothers suits down here in L.A. And she's a, you know, she's selling country music in Seattle. And there's this L.A. guy that wants a gig in Seattle. And so I call her back and I basically plead for the job. I've been out of work for almost a year and I needed a gig and I wanted to go to Seattle where I traveled extensively in my prior job. So I f- finally talked her into hiring me. And it was, it was uh, established that I was going to start on uh, February 1st, 1983. I drove up to Seattle. I'd never met Kay. I'd never, been in, never met her in person. Just heard about her. And that was when uh, I walked into the station on that, uh, I think it was a Tuesday morning. Maybe a, yeah, I guess it was Tuesday morning. And the rest is history. I mean, we fell in love with each other immediately. Uh, Kay took me under her arms. I mean, and her, her ample... You know, Kay was a beautiful woman. woman. Really, literally. I'd, I'd been in sales for four years, or six years by that time. But she literally taught me how to sell. And she immediately <clears throat> she immediately turned me into a massive country music fan. And I think our second night there, we were at a, you know, she took me to a Willie Nelson concert. And Kay would hold court. 
and because all the female media buyers in Seattle loved Kay, and Kay loved them. One of them was Melissa Durfee Davis, who we interviewed a couple of months ago. Uh, she was a, a you know a junior buyer, and there were countless other women that that controlled millions of dollars in ad business in Seattle, and they loved Kay. She loved them. She she was amazing with relationships. She was amazing with the ideas. And she really, you know, uh, was so instrumental in not only hiring me, but turning my career around and teaching me how to sell direct and local and, and not in L.A. where I was taking orders for a big station. And she was just a, a, just a dear friend and a, and a great manager. You know, anybody that was touched by Kay will never forget her. And it was always, hey, baby. That was her line. She'd walk into sales calls, hey, baby. You know, she'd go backstage at these country concerts. And all the artists knew her. So, you know, the Oak Ridge Boys and Alabama and Willie Nelson and, and, you know, Kenny Rogers and, you know, all these great stars. And it's, hey, baby, and it's just hugs for Kay because she was the face of this radio station. Sadly, her husband Mike was suffering from cancer. And so Kay retired from the business to take care of Mike and then ends up going, uh, going her way down to San Diego and Mexico. Uh, but she bowed out on top. And I'll never forget her because uh, she greased the skids for me to succeed in Seattle. I ended up being the sales manager at the station, obviously. It was there for 10 years. I've even got my K belt buckle right there with uh, engraving on the back that I got on my 10th anniversary at the station for my sales staff. None of that success would have happened or set me up for the rest of my career if it hadn't been for Kay Spilker. Kay, God bless you. May you uh, rest in peace. You know what? My heroes have always been cowgirls, thanks to you. You worked for her. I didn't work for her, but I certainly knew her when I came to the market. And she was, you know, as frankly a lot of radio people have become over the years, very gracious. You know, when I first got into radio, it was cutthroat. You didn't talk to somebody from another radio station, ever. But by the mid-'80s, everybody was, you know, getting along with everybody. And when I came to town, Kay was very warm and welcoming, and she gave me some good tips, put in good words for us. And so, you know, I will miss her, too. And, you know, I thank thank you for that uh, very nice testament to somebody who really had an impact on your life, Keith. Yeah, no question. And to this day, lifelong friends in the business from Seattle that, that she gave me the privilege of, of calling on. Uh, George Tolls, for example, who's, God bless him, is still around. Uh, guys like Al Stevenson that used to do the buying for, you know, George. And Bev Davies and, and uh, Bev and Jack Davies and Sue Niles. Okay, and now, Terry you're, Kirk- now, you're, now you're bringing up all these names of people yeah, that Terry nobody Kirkland, knows Sue Niles, uh, Gary Tubasing. You know, all these people that, 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 I was, that I was blessed by Kay to say, I want you to call on them. You know, uh, just they were just amazing people to me because I was introduced to them by Kay. All I wanted to do was make her proud, and I, I hope I did. Well, I'm sure your name is on her tombstone. So, you know, I don't think there's any question about that. All right, we got to move on before we get too maudlin here. Um, oh, yeah, thank you. You, <laughs> you know, Odyssey our old intercom a couple of months ago had actually gotten to the point where they were factoring their receivables and now they're issuing a bond for 45 million dollars these guys are scrambling for cash and they speculate that they're buying a podcast company which makes marginal sense i guess Uh, although we are hoping i'm waiting for the offer to come in i haven't seen it come in over the transit but i'm sure it's it's there shortly this just strikes me as David Field is caught between a hard spot and a rock in this, Keith. He really is. If he doesn't begin to invest in other ways of making money, other revenue streams, digital platforms, podcasting, 
you know, whatever the platform is, he's going to be criticized. And if he focuses on just running his radio stations, they're going to say you're investing your time and your energy in an old medium, in something that's melting like an ice cube on a hot day in Los Angeles. So he's caught between a rock and a hard spot. What do you think he ought to do? What would you do, I guess, would be my question. Well, I'd, I'd send that $45 million check to in-town media um, <laughs> in uh, Kirkland, Washington. Um, and but, I'll Venmo uh, you half. You're right. You know, he is between a rock and a hard spot. And for some reason, he had to disclose the fact that he that they put out this, um, this they've gotten this loan to buy, you know, uh, buy this company, whatever this mystery company is, and, and whatever cash flow it brings. You know he is he is between a, a rock and a hard spot and, and 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 it's kind of an arms race in with these big radio groups trying to buy small content companies, technology ad serving and data companies. You know all these you know uh, companies that that you know are all part of the ad buying and ad selling you know ecosphere to try to kind of like. You know, control the supply chain, if you will, from content all the way through to ad sales, all the way through to revenue in the bank. You know, you're kind of you're kind of winging it. You know, you're trying to figure out which one's really going to help us, which one's really going to get us across the finish line, and which one's going to look sexy enough so that Wall Street thinks I'm really the guy. You know, and, and then and then at the same time, you know, last Friday he flips a 35 year old heritage uh, alternative rock station in San Francisco to Dave FM. You know, which is David like Field a, flipped it to Dave FM. No, yeah, where did he yeah. come up it's with the one, name? I think it's one hundred three five. Whatever, whatever Kits was in San Francisco, one hundred five three. I think it is. Yeah, one hundred five three. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and now it's Dave FM. You know, playing what he wants. You know, so it's like his little version of Jack. And it's like, oh, geez, you know, it's like, what the heck? Where is the strategy? How is it rolling out? What's the implementation plan? Or, or it, it looks kind of like we're just jerking from. Shiny object to shiny, shiny object. object to, yeah. I think uh, he's yeah, under- you're right. He's got to do it. He's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. But I think he's underestimated the patience of Wall Street. And in my opinion, you know, he's got, he really has to fortify what he's got. He's got underperforming radio stations. He's had poor integration of the CBS stations. He's got rapid turnover of key employees, salespeople, and managers. So he's got turmoil. And at the same time, he's got turmoil. He's trying to add menu items, if you will. I think he'd be much smarter to focus on, let's get the radio stations, give us 18 months, get the radio stations solid, and then we can go and look at what other opportunities are out there. You know, David Field, I think, looks at radio as a financial instrument, not as radio. He's a lot like yeah. the big, his bigger brothers, like uh, iHeart and, to a large degree, Cumulus, in the fact that this isn't about running radio and programming and connecting with the community and all that blah, blah, blah stuff we talk about. It's about financial manipulation. And they got caught in a downward spiral that makes their debt a real hindrance. They got a lot of debt, and then the pandemic came along and just whacked them. So I'm sympathetic, but I think David would be really smart, though he doesn't listen to me, obviously. I'd be real smart to tend to his initial knitting. It's what what Saga is doing, for example. Now, they don't have the debt issue, but Saga basically runs radio. They do some digital, but, boy, it's, it's not much. And yep. they focus on radio, and they do okay because of it. So there. Now that's uh, that's what people tune in Media Insultant for, is my opinions, your opinions, of which they all disagree with. So, <laughs> all right. You know, we've, uh, we've banged on a couple of ideas. We'll do this again Thursday. Join us uh, next Thursday when we update IBA's work for small broadcasters. 
And uh, thank you. A Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media. Thank you for uh, putting on your cowboy hat, Keith. InTown Media offers interim contract management. And Keith, cowboy hat or not, I'm sure looking forward to seeing you Thursday. Let's see what uh, things look like then when we'll do Media Insultant all over again, okay? Jackson, thanks for indulging me today. What a great Tuesday this is. And uh, on we go through another great week of, uh, of media insulting, and uh, we'll see you uh, Thursday. Sounds good. Thanks, Keith.